You're listening to Taxpayers Australia's news and insights podcast, Tax Wrap. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Tax Wrap episode 54, well into the new year of Tax Wrap. Although we will be breaking in a couple of weeks' time when the Christmas podcast rolls around. We'll get to that much later. But this week, we're going to talk about some important aspects when it comes to maintaining vehicle logbooks. And we explain how techni- technology sorry, might be able to help. Because we all know failing to properly maintain a vehicle logbook can cost taxpayers dearly in the event of an ATO audit. Now, first cap off the rank, sort of pun intended. Why are car logbooks important, Andy? And two, recent changes to work-related car expense claims because there have been, hot right off the press, two changes to the way that we claim car-related, uh, work-related car expense claims. So Absolutely correct there, Nathan. Um, just within the last day or two, hot off the press, the... Those changes that the government's announced in relation to changing or simplifying the work-related expense claims for uh, cars have changed. Um, previously, we had the four methods under Division 28, which was, now I've got to uh, get this off my head, firstly, the sense per kilometre method, mm-hmm. the one-third of um, one-third of actual expenses, the 12% of original value method, and last but not least, the logbook method. Now, what the government's done is they've... As part of this new law, they've removed two of those methods. The first one is the one-third method and also the 12% um, original value method. In its place, what the government's done is with the cents per kilometre method, under that particular method, it used to be based on engine capacity in terms of how you you determine uh, the cents per kilometre amount, which is determined by the tax office. The government has reduced that to one single rate of 66 cents for this uh, particular income year. Obviously, that might change from year to year, uh, subject to the uh, Commissioner of Taxation. However, um, for the current time being, it's 66 cents. And as Lisa's mentioned, it's, you know, the only green policy in this year's federal budget. Exactly. Exactly what you were talking about, Andy, is all budget initiatives that came back on budget night. So when everyone was excited over the $20,000 instant asset write-off, um, these sort of things slip through as well and they're finally getting enacted to Parliament. One question I've got for you, Andy, because I haven't stayed abreast of it, is this 66 cents actually into LAW law yet or not? Yes, it is. That came in t- uh, That came to pass yesterday. So as that's well, how, did it? That's okay. correct, yes. So nice. those two measures have gone have gone through. So so now what we're seeing, and we did anticipate this would have gone through. We did mention a while back that the ATO has set the, uh, the car allowance amount as 66 cents. Um, basically a, a while ago. So they had anticipated that this would go through and it's gone through as intended. Now, if I can jump in there and ask what might be a silly question, but I think I'm, I'm interested to know, if you're going from, like, so I drive a, a four-litre car, which is quite thirsty, and compared to, say, a Suzuki Swift, like a, a, a 1.6 cylinder, uh, sorry, 1.6 litre hatch, something like that, um, it makes sense that there would be a difference in the the cents per kilometre that you, you would claim. Now that they've sort of standardised everything somewhere in the middle there, do you think that that's a reflection of a, a fair decision? I mean, what sort of feasibility studies would have gone into that? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to know what they've done in this particular case. Obviously, they've, you know, I mean, they haven't necessarily plucked the number out of the air. It's supposed to reflect a reasonable amount for average car usage. But obviously, if you do drive a more like, uh, feel-thirsty carve and it does have ramifications where you can't claim as much. I think the uh, in its previous form um, with three um, 
with the three uh, rates, you, you, it was as high as 76, 77 cents yeah, that's um, right. for previous years. So you are losing 10 cents per kilometre. And the one thing to also note with the cents per kilometre method, it is is that it's capped at 5,000 kilometres. So in excess of that, you, you used to be able to rely on the, th the three other methods. But now, this is why logbooks become so much more critical, is that once you do exceed 5,000 kilometres, you have to use the logbook method if you wish to claim uh, your, your car expenses, and that's a lot more onerous. Yeah, I think that the benefit really is, Nathan, in the simplicity of it now. now at 66 cents, that's it. You know, I think, um, is it fair? Well, it depends on what sort of car you're driving, but you know that petrol prices fluctuate that much anyway. True. You know, my dad looks at the, the boards all the time and goes, quick, fill up your car now. And I'm, so I'm, does my dad. <laughs> it happens it's all weird, the time. He calls yeah. me up just to say, oh, you know, petrol's, petrol's cheap at the moment. <laughs> time to fill up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like in, in my car, what do I got two litre? And like, you know, the difference in the petrol price could make the difference of about 10 bucks. Yeah. And, and that's from woe to go sort yeah. of thing. So I think a good all wash, washes out. Yeah, no, and don't forget your four cents, uh, four cents voucher as well. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> now, I guess that takes us to our main point. What should be in a logbook? What are the main things that you just have to include that you shouldn't forget? Yes. So the logbook becomes ultra critical now, as we've mentioned, mainly because we can only rely on those two methods. Now, the logbooks, the logbooks required to be maintained for a twelve-week period. Okay, so it's ref supposed to re uh, reflect your business use. For, you, for that particular vehicle. So the first thing to note is that you can't just claim it willy-nilly. Uh, you actually have to use your vehicle for work purposes. So, for example, if you're a you know, door-to-door salesperson, you're an itinerant worker, that's a typical example where you would be using your car for, for work purposes. Or, you know, if previously when I was in the past, when I was in professional services, every now and again if I travelled to go see a client from my office premises, you know, I would be entitled to, to claim that as an expense or... So there's some of the things that, you know, sort of you can claim in terms of uh, business usage and there is a decent um, ruling from the ATO. Um, there's not a lot of guidance out there, but there is a de decent ruling by the ATO MT 2027 that actually does go through what constitutes business versus private use. So that's just something of use for those people, uh, listeners at home. And that 12-week period, Andy, is valid for what, three years, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's actually valid for a five-year period. Oh, five years, it's a five-year it? period. So, so basically, once you've maintained that logbook for a 12-week uh, period, uh, you can then apply that over over five years. So you don't have to. But the, the important thing to note is you need to be able to substantiate it in the event of an audit. So, so the five-year period, and this is where people often get confused, Lisa, yeah, is that the five-year five period is reflective of that logbook. Uh, of those five years, but then you've got to still keep that logbook for five years as as part of your record keeping after the relevant year. So, so if you go up to the the end of the five year period, you still need to maintain that logbook for another five years. So collectively, wow. it is roughly you know nine to ten years that you need to maintain that logbook. So it is quite an onerous task, and you know the the um, you know it is. One of those things where, you know, you need to have that discipline w within that 12-week period to maintain accurate logbooks because, you know, obviously the higher business percentage, um, it actually is obviously the outcome's a lot better for you in terms of claiming your expenses. And yeah. one of the other things that people also need to note, uh, the rules are very similar for FBT purposes as well. If, you, if you've got a salary sacrifice vehicle or if your employer provides you with a vehicle for FBT purposes, the logbook becomes a critical document for the employer as well. So on both counts, and they're very similar in terms of 
how they need to be maintained. Yeah, Andy, and exactly, um, it gives you the business percentage. That's the purpose of the logbook. It's not like you're claiming a cents per kilometre or anything. Yeah. It's your business percentage that you're picking up there. And the other thing is that this 12 weeks, I'm just thinking myself, you know, the way that you drive from year one to year three could be different. So there's nothing stopping you from selecting another 12-week period within that five-year period. You're not just locked in. If your business use changes or you think you're driving more or less, you should actually refresh that 12-week logbook. That's absolutely correct. So that's that's one of the other things to note is that, you know, you have to have a pattern of driving um, that is reflective of your, your actual use of that vehicle as well. So it is something that you need to monitor from year to year, particularly if you're driving more driving less mm. it does impact that percentage as Lisa's just mentioned it was good that you made that point actually because I was thinking if you if a 12 week uh, period is representative of a five year period I mean realistically if you were if you were driving less it wouldn't really be a big issue but if you were driving more that's definitely something that you would want to uh, keep track of so it's good that you can use a different um, 12 week period to sort of uh, apportion that usage now yeah. uh, my deduction is the ATO's um, recently released phone app, which helps you keep track of uh, lots of your deductions, including your, your work-related car expense deductions, and, and it allows you to do sort of, it logs your trips and, and you know, a starting odometer reading and a finishing odometer reading and things like that. So um, in terms of using my deductions to keep track of this whole thing, is that something that people can use yeah, holistically? Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You can use it for both cents per kilometre method and, and the logbook method, and uh, the tax office, you know, encourages you know taxpayers to you know uh, individuals to use um, the, uh, the my deductions uh, tool in the ATO app as the preferred you know uh, logbook. It is it does map to that they do use uh, you know Google Analytics. I think that was my understanding when they you know sort of put it together in terms of Google Maps and those sorts of things. So it does give accurate readings and so That's great. particularly coming from the you know the regulator itself, you know, it's something that you can rely on. You've always got your phone with you as well. Even exactly. Though you, you, can't, yeah. you can't text and drive and you can't really talk on the <laughs> phone and drive unless you've got Bluetooth, but at least your phone's always with you as well. And it's, yeah, so you hop in the car, you put in the starting odometer reading or, you know, whatever method you choose to use and it, it keeps track of it every time. Now, is it something that people would do to say, okay, we know that I have to keep track of my business usage of my car for a 12-week period, but if you're using my deductions and you know that you know, a lot of your job is driving, like we said, a, a door-to-door salesman or an itinerant worker. Is it, Would it be a thing that you would just always keep track of your car? You know, you wouldn't bother doing it over a 12-week period. You just do it over a, perhaps a yearly period. And then at the end, you know, you take it to your tax agent and it's sucked into to my tax and it's it's all done that way. And you end up having a year's worth of data, which would be 52 weeks or, you know, yeah, roughly. I mean, is that a way to do it? Or? I mean, that is a way to do it. There's nothing, I mean... The, 12 weeks is the minimum period, so you can maintain it for longer if you want a you know, somewhat more accurate reading. Otherwise, you need to extract that period to represent the year. So, you know, you need to make a call as to whether that's a reasonable estimate in some speak. To, so there's nothing to, to prevent you from, you know, doing it for the entire year, which is which is great if you've got that, that level of discipline. Yeah, I don't know if I do, but there we go. What... Uh, what is some of the uh, the ATO's recent activity in regards to logbooks? Are they looking yeah. into logbook activity? Yeah, yeah they, they are looking into logbook activity, m- mostly around um, the FBT side of things. Um, there are a lot of family companies, family businesses, uh, which 
typically acquire a car through uh, through the family company or through the family trust or whatever entity they prefer to use. And one of the things is sometimes those cars are registered, you know, with the relevant traffic authorities. For example, in, in Melbourne, uh, in Victoria, it will be through Vic Roads or VRTA in New South Wales. And what they're doing is they're data matching that against you know sort of any new acquisitions and then working out whether that car's been provided to the business owner and typically in these family businesses the business owner is also an employee and so it follows that there might potentially be fbt uh, on those vehicles and you know particularly with some family businesses they do buy luxury cars so the beauty and and the you know usually the decisions are really straightforward decision usually people will say well look I'm operating a business, I'll buy the car through. Uh, the family business, I'll claim the input tax credit on that, which is usually you know, the part of the appeal. And then basically use the vehicle and then, hang on a sec, we need to uh, you know, uh, pick up the FBT on this. We are using the car for some proportion of private use. That's exactly right, Andy. We get a lot of questions along that, and I've had a lot of questions in in private practice as well when I was back doing that, saying, you know, I want to claim the input tax credits, and then all of a sudden they've got this whopping great big FBT bill. So um, the rule of thumb that I sort of work out in general is, you know, if you are going to buy your car through the business, luxury or not, um, you've really got to be using about 80% for business purposes to make it be worthwhile to, to basically have the... FPT as low as it needs to be to get the benefit out of it. Otherwise, you might as well just, you know, buy it as Nathan Hewitt Enterprises himself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes, and so what the tax office is doing is um, for some, you know, unknowing, you know, businesses, they're pinging them on the FPT front. And particularly if you do have a luxury car, that can be quite a, an amount of FPT that you need to, to fork out, particularly if, you know, you haven't maintained a proper logbook or if you haven't, as Lisa sort of, you know, uh, aptly pointed out, you know, you need at least 80% there to, to make it worth your while. So the, the ATO are looking, you know, at at logbooks. If you haven't maintained logbooks, you're, you're getting pinged under what they refer to as the statutory formula method, which is can be quite, you know, an expensive uh, FBT bill. Because, if, uh, Andy, as well, it's on the whole value of the car, not that's the correct. limit, isn't that's it? That's correct, Lisa. That's correct. Yeah, so if it's a $100,000 car, you know, you, um, the statutory formula requires you to multiply that by 20% and then multiply that by the gross up rate and then the FVT rate and then, you know, it's... it's, it's, it's a, because it's a everyone bit... tries to uh, get that 57666 number, which is the same number for years, so even I can remember this number, um, that, um, yeah, they think that it's limited to that. But no, if you're driving your, your Q7, your Q8, your Q9, am I going too far with numbers now? Probably. <laughs> you know, your 120k car, it's, that's what it's yeah. on. Yeah, so, so that's that's a real problem. Uh, and so the other thing that the ATO is looking at, particularly if you are maintaining a logbook, is the accuracy of those logbook records. And, you know, we've got anecdotal uh, evidence from our members who've said to us, the ATO are checking. So if I've recorded a particular trip, the ATO are cross-checking that data also against tollway uh, providers. So wow. just to see whether you've gone down that trip. So they might wow. do it to check the accuracy of... Mm. They might do it to check the accuracy of the logbook to make sure that it's it's a valid valid logbook and it's reflective of you know the actual business percentage that you proclaim it to be. So there there is some uh, evidence out there that we're seeing that they are undertaking that sort of activity, and so therefore it becomes even more critical these days that we maintain good logbooks. The electronic logbooks, you know, like the 
the my deductions might be useful, particularly for individuals. We, in terms of FBT, the ATO hasn't necessarily said that my deductions can be used for that, but you know there are some other third-party apps out there that do serve that function as well. Now, in this month's issue of the taxpayer, Andy, what uh, we've got something uh, sort of a special feature on this topic. Can we go a little bit? Into that, please. Yes. Yeah, so basically, it's it's what we've spoke about today. It's the, the importance of maintaining, uh, maintaining good logbooks and also the anecdotal evidence in terms of from both the FVT and income tax side of things in terms of how it, uh, how it plays out in terms of logbooks. So it is a critical document. It's something that sometimes people don't give enough, you know, sort of emphasis on because at the end of the day, when it comes to um, maintaining good logbooks, it's going to impact that business percentage that we talked about and. If the HO's got any doubts about your logbook, then you know um, you can't. You know either you pay full full FBT uh, on you know using a, the alternative method, or or you can't claim your expenses um, for for your deductions. You might have to revert back to the you know the cents per kilometre method. So that's that's what's at stake if uh, if you fail to maintain good logbooks. And Andy, the reason that we've done it is because it's our Christmas issue, isn't it? That's correct. And so we thought, well, what can we do that's sort of a little bit linked to tax and Christmas? And so we thought, well, maybe there'll be day trips. People will take day trips in their car, their company car, their own car. So it might, might sort of impact their business percentage. That's if they can afford the petrol, of course. Yeah, we're working pretty hard behind the scenes at the moment, putting uh, putting together our special uh, Christmas edition of the tax pay. It's not quite out yet. We're still sort of ticking ticking it off at the moment. Um, even leases, you know, covering the the real benefits of uh, having solar. Uh, solar panels for your Christmas lights uh, a la the Griswolds. Nice, yeah. I know you guys are quite excited about it. The, the halls are pretty much well and truly decked. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. So look forward to that Christmas issue. And of course, if you're not a subscriber to the Taxpayer magazine yet, it's included with your Taxpayers Australia membership. But if you'd like to subscribe to the Taxpayer, just head to www.taxpayer.com.au forward slash taxpayer. And you can subscribe. It's 12 uh, monthly editions or 11 monthly Eleven editions. Month, yeah. We don't do a January one. That's right, We're of course. We're on holidays too. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> like really. our holidays. And uh, and don't miss out on the Christmas edition because there's a lot, there's a wealth of information there that'll help you uh, get your business deductions right. Excellent, Nathan. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank you. Join us next week for Tax Wrap episode 55. See ya. Bye.